0: Big stories, big guests, the big
1: picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR.
0: All right, so a really important new study out today from the School of Public Policy at the University of Calgary. And it's a conversation that needs to happen now, even though we're talking about uh, some of these uh, demographic trends that are still some years out. But there are big fiscal challenges Alberta's facing. Significant budgetary pressures that, left, if left unchecked, uh, could see the province facing massive deficits over the next couple of decades. Maybe as much as $40 billion a year. 20 years from now. Pretty serious. Joining us uh, for more is the author of this report, Trevor Toome, Associate Professor of Economics at the University of Calgary and Research Fellow at the School of Public Policy at the U of C Policy School, Don C.A. Trevor, thanks for joining us here. Welcome to the program.
1: My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: Okay, so, um, you know, I think bleak is the word a lot of people are using uh, to describe this. Uh, It's not a pretty picture, though, is it?
1: No, but it's not a picture that I don't think uh, we couldn't have seen coming. I mean, Alberta has historically relied on royalty revenues for quite some time, and the current challenges that we're facing are a reflection of low oil prices, lower still today due to pipeline constraints, of course. So, so those challenges are well known. And then the longer term ones, these are associated primarily with an, an aging population and increased health care spending, but in addition to that, royalty revenues, even if we get all the pipelines that we want, are are not going to grow at the pace that they need to to keep up with the cost pressures that Alberta will face. So over time, even if we can balance by 2022 or 2023 in the near term, the cost pressures will balloon in the 2020s, and that deficit will grow unless we Uh, adjust and make some policy changes today. And those adjustments are are pretty big. So the report, I estimate that between now and 2040, that budget gap, that fiscal gap between revenue and spending is equivalent in size to a 10% sales tax or a spending reduction on the order of one out of every $6 spent by government. So a pretty big long-term challenge that we face.
0: Right. And and so this is important to think about because yeah, we, we do talk in the short term and competing visions about how we get the budget balanced by 2022 or 2023 or 2024. It may be all a moot point in a way because Uh, This report forecasts the potential of a $40 billion deficit by 2040.
1: That's right, and that's equivalent to about 4% of the province's economy at the time, which is roughly double uh, the deficit that we're at today. And that is just a reflection of kind of where current policy is pointed, both on the revenue side and on the spending
0: side. It's interesting. You say we don't have a revenue problem or a spending problem necessarily, but maybe it is a bit of both, but you call it a budgeting problem.
1: Yeah, that's right. So there's there's multiple options available to Alberta to address this kind of fiscal gap that we see. And you can find options both on the revenue side and on the spending side. For example, if we had taxes at a level comparable to British Columbia, uh, also a low-tax jurisdiction along with Alberta and Saskatchewan, then we wouldn't have uh, a deficit at all today. Over time, though, the amount of increased revenue to address the full fiscal gap will be it will need to be even larger than that. But on the spending side, we do have per-person levels of spending in Alberta that exceed any of the other three large provinces of B.C., Ontario, or Quebec. And so if we spent in more in line with those provinces, we also wouldn't have a deficit today. So, th- so there are lots of options available uh, to address these long-run challenges, but they're not going anywhere, and the longer that we wait to... Um, to actually pursue some fiscal adjustment, the bigger and more difficult those adjustments will need to be in the future.
0: Right. Well, and, and Alberta has long had the advantage of of having you know this this additional source of revenue uh, through royalties, and other provinces don't have that. Maybe they've they've been prompted to make some tougher choices that Alberta has avoided. Are we waiting for the royalties to bail us out again? I mean, might they?
1: Yeah, well, currently we are. If we look at what the government's plan is to balance by 2023-24, it does rely on royalty revenues. Now, at the time the budget came out, those... Royalty revenues, while I would have characterized them as optimistic, weren't incredible. Uh, but now, given pipeline constraints and the rising differential to you know, really historical highs, uh, that projection doesn't look likely to materialize. And if royalties don't grow between now and 2023, then the deficit will be on the order of about $7 billion then, so barely less than it is today. But the longer-run challenges, I do want to emphasize, are, are larger than the short-run challenges, even if we get all the pipeline constraints alleviated, the projected oil price and production from the NEB, again, um, even without pipeline constraints, will imply royalty revenues for Alberta that don't really exceed about 15% of revenue, which is less than almost every other time since the 1940s and comparable to the level that we saw in the mid to late 1980s, for example. So even though royalties are projected to grow over the coming years, as pipelines are built and oil production grows, that is not going to be sufficient to address the full fiscal challenge that the province faces, in particular from rising health care costs.
0: Well, yeah, and let's elaborate on that, because that's really where where this is is coming from, and we are going to have to face it. We're not there yet, but it's one of those things where we can see coming, the aging population, the pressures on the health care system. What, what are we looking at in the years ahead?
1: So we're looking at an increase of health spending just from aging alone of about $1,500 per Albertan. So in today's terms, that's roughly equivalent to $6.5 billion of increased health care spending. Today, which is a fairly large increase in overall uh, healthcare costs, and that's abstracting from every other type of cost increase in healthcare. That's just aging alone. It's just the kind of very predictable cost pressure for the healthcare system. And to, I mean, for perspective, to address that six and a half billion, that's equivalent to about a six and a half percent sales tax. these are not small numbers. For example, so either we need to change the way that we do healthcare in Alberta, or we need to really have an honest conversation about the revenue side of the budget. And I'll say that in addition to my report today, which kind of looks at the longer run picture, both on the revenue and the spending side, um, it came on the same day that the Canadian Institute of Health Information also released their detailed interprovincial comparisons of health spending, and Alberta by far spends more on health than any other province not even accounting for the fact that our population is so much younger, and we should therefore spend less.
0: Well, we do have a younger population, and so even as we see the workforce aging, does it leave Alberta in in a relatively strong position? Because every province is dealing with with these changing demographics.
1: Absolutely. One unique aspect of Alberta, though, that differentiates it from other provinces is that we spend more on health, but we spend particularly more on health among the older age cohorts. So the gap between how much we spend per patient uh, among elderly individuals is much, much higher than the Canadian average. So aging will increase costs here more than elsewhere. And then on the revenue side, as people retire their income tax payments fall, uh, of course, because their, their income drops after retirement. In other jurisdictions, sales taxes are the primary way that we raise revenue from older individuals. And of course, Alberta does not have that tax instrument. So revenue is also more sensitive to aging here than elsewhere.
0: Right. Which, I mean, you kind of highlighted two-third rails in politics is, you know, overhauling health care and... And here in Alberta, uh, the idea of a sales tax.
1: Yeah, there are a lot of third rails in politics, of course. And so what I do in this report is, of course, uh, it is, um, you know, quite confident to say that the most detailed and comprehensive long-term projection of finances in the province of Alberta ever constructed, but it doesn't hang its head on any particular solution. The report lays out a number of different options, changes in federal transfers, changes or introduction of a sales tax, for example, changes in other tax rates, or looking at the spending side, what different growth rates in education or health spending might look like for the bottom line. And one takeaway is that if we want to address these larger long-term fiscal challenges, we're going to need to tackle it on both sides of the budget ledger, on the spending side and on the revenue side. It would require kind of an unrealistically large move if we were to go entirely just addressing it on spending. Or entirely in terms of, of revenue increases. And then finally, I guess, even if we address the full fiscal gap, we are still going to be relying on royalty revenues in the foreseeable future. It would require about double or about a four percent GDP change in our budget to get off royalty revenues. So we will still be in a fairly risky situation exposed to big moves up and down if that dependence on royalties continues.
0: Well, the premier was asked about this today, and, and you know, she kind of uh, almost, I wouldn't say dismiss, but, um, you know, said that, well, cutting spending by 17% would, would hurt a lot of people, and, and we're not going to do that.
1: No, that, And that's fair. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not saying they should or shouldn't lower spending or raise revenue. I, what I'm saying is there exists a big gap between revenue and spending, and that gap is going to get larger in the future. We should, what I, what I do hang my hat on here in this, in this report, is we need to start having a conversation based on detailed analysis about where we are and where we're going. And the government could, um, and potentially does internally, these types of forecasts. They should do them publicly. The Auditor General, even earlier this year, called on the government to do that very thing, to have an open, regular comprehensive long-term fiscal analysis that engages Albertans in terms of what the scale and scope of the challenge is and what the options are. So, so yeah, I, I'm not saying we should cut spending by one in every $6 next year uh, instantly, but we do need to recognize that a long-run challenge exists, and the longer we wait to address it, the harder it's going to be.
0: Right. So it's—and you know, again, and not to pick on the premier here, and I suspect you, you'd maybe see similar responses in a different vein from, from other politicians, but it's not a question of do you agree with that specific straw man idea, uh, but rather do you— acknowledge the problem is facing, you believe that there's a need to confront it. That That's the, the bigger and more important question, isn't it?
1: That is. I think that is the question. And I, I guess this is a nice point to emphasize that all research papers out of the School of Public Policy are peer reviewed and go through a detailed verification process. I'm per, quite confident in the numbers, but it, it echoes results from the Parliamentary Budget Office as well that did something earlier this year for Alberta, uh, reveals Uh, a large long-run gap as well I'd say that this analysis through the school today is better suited to Alberta's unique features like its reliance on royalty revenues for example Um, but but if the government thinks that the long-run challenges are different than what were laid out in this report then it should still be uh, conducting that analysis in a public and comprehensive way and releasing that and then talking about you know what the challenge is if they're smaller great. If they're larger, well, we should talk about that too.
0: Indeed. Well, people can read this report for themselves. Uh, again, policy PolicySchool.ca. Uh, Trevor, always appreciate it. Thanks for making some time for us here this afternoon. You bet. My pleasure. Thank you. All right, there you go. Trevor Toom, Associate Professor, Economics, University of Calgary Research Fellow of the School of Public Policy, PolicySchool.ca. You can read this report for yourself. So again, the question for the Premier really ought to be, do you accept these conclusions about Alberta's fiscal future, and if not, why not? If you missed it earlier, again, this is what the Premier said when she was asked about this report today. You know, academics do what they do, and economists do what they do, and that's great. Uh, uh, in the day-to-day, I think it's fair to say that uh, very few of us would be able to point to an economist who is consistently successful predicting what's going to happen six months down the road, let alone 22 years. Um, and But what I can say is that if we were to uh, cut uh, f- um, public services by 17%, uh, which is proposed by the U of C public policy group, and sometimes, depending on the day of the week, by the official opposition, uh, that we would see massive massive damage to our economy and we would hurt people and hurt communities, and that is not a thing that our government is going to do. The idea of imposing a 10% sales tax on top of that uh, would also just be uh, devastating for economic growth and recovery, and it's not a thing. Okay. Again, kind of responding to a straw man here. The report does not call on the government to slash spending by 17%. Some of the people texting as well. I can't believe this guy wants to jack up my taxes. Again, it's not calling on that either. It's laying out the fiscal challenges we face, the gap that already exists between what we spend and what we bring in and how big that gap is going to get via these pressures that we're going to be dealing with in the coming years. So what do we do about it? They lay out a couple of options in this report or at least measure the impact of doing this or doing that. But ultimately, it's about uh, making choices.
1: Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge,
0: starting at 1230 on News
1: Talk 770 Calgary.